Welcome in to the It's You Taz World podcast. Thank you so much for listening, for joining in on the conversation. Hey, if you hear cars buzzing by, don't worry. That's us, not you. You're not hearing things. We're hanging out at Nate Wade Subaru. We're here, 1207 South Main Street, Salt Lake City, Utah. And uh, last time we were here, Steve's alongside me, of course, but last time we were here, the parking lot was uh, looking rather empty. Uh, they couldn't get enough inventory into this place because you, the people, were coming and buying cars. Uh, but they've restocked, it seems. They've got plenty of cars. For you guys to come down, test drive, check out, review all of the inventory from home, uh, just go to their website, nateway.com. Uh, and they've got this really cool initiative, okay? A uh, couple of things. So the month of October is a special. Because they're, they're doing something what they like to call Subaru Loves Pets Month. And uh, this year, they're returning some of the love that, that, that our pets give us by donating $100 to the West Valley City Animal Shelter for each pet adopted during the month of October. So if you're in need for a new furry friend, cat, dog, if you're in need of a fish, turtle, I mean, whatever it is, uh, then, then do yourself a favor... And go to West Valley City Animal Shelter, uh, and if you end up purchasing a, a pet that's up for do- uh, adoption down there, then then Nate Wade Subaru is going to give, uh, uh, or should they donate a hundred dollars to to the animal shelter themselves? So that's pretty neat, man. Yeah. These 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 dogs, cats, and all sorts of animals that that need some loving. They got to um, take care of our furry friends, man. Yeah, they're, our they're, pets, our animals, got to take care of them. I, I must say, the pandemic has been cruel and brutal in so many ways, and far too many people out there have lost loved ones due to this pandemic. But if there was some sort of silver lining, I remember a few months ago, you know, the reports coming out that here locally in Utah, a lot of the animal shelters really didn't have any pets up for adoption because people out there were, were, were buying them, uh, spending so That's much good. time at home. You know, they needed... A little partner in crime, a and so friend. yeah. So the silver lining, I guess, would be that these these animals now have homes. But uh, there have been a few more, a few more animals being placed down at West Valley City Animal Shelter. There is something else I want to get to. Uh, it, it it revolves Nate Wade Subaru uh, and not West Valley City Animal Shelter, although they are somewhat intertwined. I guess that Nate Wade Subaru is having a pet food drive. It ends this upcoming Saturday. Uh, at roughly 6 p.m., but essentially the first person each day uh, who brings in dog or cat food first will get two VIP tickets to the Fear Factory. So that's that's pretty cool. So if you get down to uh, Nate Wade Subaru, it's 1207 South Main Street first. Up until Saturday at 6 o'clock, then you'll receive two VIP tickets to the Fear Factory. Steve, all right, uh... We do have a bit to cover. Jalen Dixon transferred. We need to talk about that, the sort of impact that mm-hmm. we both anticipate his dismissal uh, will have on the team. I shouldn't say dismissal because he, he kind of left on his own. But, uh, his choice. His departed. Yeah. His departure. Yes, departure is the word I'm looking for. Thank you. We'll talk Jalen Dixon. Uh, Coach Witt took a pay cut, rather significant one, when you look at the grand scheme of college football, and uh, that's obviously worthy of a conversation itself, and, and and then there's a quarterback battle. I mean, come on. I mean, we're not going to sit here and not talk about the quarterback battle. But uh, I do have my issues with Utah Athletics at the minute, and I'm not afraid to bring them up. We'll talk about that as well. Hey, how's your <laughs> golf game before we get into it? Oh man, it's uh, it was great, and then I broke my uh, broke my driver. What? My, yeah, I broke my driver. Yeah, I broke it. My body, I was 
middle of the backswing, and my body was just like, and gave up the ghost, I guess, and, and I smashed my driver uh, into the ground. Not out of anger, of course, but just because I'm a big klutz and uh, and, diff- and and durfed it. Hold on turfed a it. So, okay, this wasn't an angry break no, of the driver. No, I was literally swinging at the ball, and my back just, you know, it gave it out. one of those. Yeah, literally, you could hear... There was an audible sound in my back of just cracks. And, yeah, and uh, and so I uh, came in a little too hard, a little too uh, too hot, and snapped the uh, the shaft. So Did you just hit the ground? I just hit the ground. Yeah. Wow. The ball still went 120 yards, which was impressive. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know that was probably my proudest moment. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, no, the golf game is is going well. How about you? You uh, you were just Somewhere, uh, somewhere rather nice. I know. I got a chance to play Glen Wild. Well, it was a couple of weeks ago now, I guess. Okay. But okay. Uh, beautiful up there. Uh, my okay. My golf game is not good. <laughs> it's better than mine. No, it's really bad. I I don't play it. I haven't played a ton over the past month, I'd say. Uh, and I don't really have reasons why. Uh, my wife wanted to go, and we went on a few trips up north into into Idaho, Wyoming area, just to get away from it all, and. Spent some time uh, in and amongst the crisp mountain air, which was beautiful, by the way. I highly recommend any. Uh, we hadn't we hadn't really left the city, you know. We'd we'd kind of bunkered down in Salt Lake and hadn't gone anywhere. And we thought, you know what? Before the snow starts to fall, we ought to uh, make the most of of some sun, enjoy yourselves, and, and enjoy the outdoors. And so we did. And so that played into it. And then uh, just I don't know, like Real Salt Lake. I, I kind of follow them pretty closely mm-hmm. now, and mm-hmm. they've had a lot of games. And so I've been following them and. It just hasn't quite it hasn't quite worked. I think I'm going to go this weekend though. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so go. I'm at a point now where if I can shoot uh, anything better than an 88, I think I'd be pretty happy. That's yeah. That's that's yeah. That's about where I'm at. Uh, whereas like a month ago, it was I was like tinkering with. You were shooting like bel- sub 80. You yeah, were like I was 75, shooting, 76. Well, that was only on one occasion. But if I could flirt around 80, I'd be quite... That, that's kind of where I was okay. playing. Right, yeah, and yeah. now I'm... It's, isn't it crazy? You stop you stop playing for like just a week or two and it, it just goes kaboof to you. You know? Kaboosh. Literally. No. And, and speaking of not playing for a week or two, Utah football. They didn't play for a couple weeks or few. Well, and now they're back. They, they're, they're back. That's, that's, that's so, a segue. That's the you know that's what we call in the in the business here is segue. Yeah, yeah, no, you've got you've got a bright future in this in this Thank career, you. Steve. Um, <laughs> hey, I was down at Orem last night. Uh, Orem were playing Lehigh, and and if those of you out there that that haven't quite kept track of the the preps here in in Utah, Orem hadn't played a game since the eleventh of September. September. They've been out more than a, almost a month. It was more, yeah. It was just over a month because where it's the fifteenth, and they played. So yeah, so they hadn't. And and I must admit, there was a. Uh, they have some talented players. They have the best player in the state at left tackle. Kingsley Suamatia. Yep, and he's headed to Oregon to no surprise. Speaking of which, Kern's athlete, Jeffrey Bossa. He's going to Oregon. That was announced this week too, wasn't it? Yeah, on Monday. That was a painful one. So, okay, well, yeah. Jeffrey, Jeffrey is my guy. I, I was gonna, I was gonna kind of talk about how Orem were looking a little rusty uh, throughout the first half. Like, they hadn't played in so long. I right. think it's it's, it's sure. bound. And that you see that in college football, too. The first game of any season, you know, not in the midst of a pandemic. The first game, you're always like, man, I hope they play well, but you just never quite know. And even as a player, I remember 
suiting up, getting ready, looking around the locker room, you know, trying to get a sense as to how the team's feeling, you know, and the the energy within the the playing group. Uh, and even as a player, I would I'd be skeptical, you know, as to kind of how we were going to perform, how I was going to perform, how my teammates were going to perform, and and so I was going to go down this tangent, you know, as to how Utah is going to play, you know, come come Arizona on the seventh of uh, uh, of November. Uh, but I, th- I think we do have to start with with Jeff Bassa from Kearns, okay? Because he kind of got thrown into that conversation there. Yeah. What what happened? Man. I, I thought he was. I knew it came. I knew it was going to come down. You you had spoken to me, you know, Oregon, Utah, but you seemed pretty confident Utah was was in the mid. Yeah, no, it was it, it was certainly a Utah Oregon battle for quite some time now, and he's had um, a number of quality programs in his recruitment: Arizona State, Oklahoma State, uh, and and others. But it was always viewed as an Oregon Utah battle uh, for those that have followed it closely, and and for the longest time, it seemed like Utah was going to be the place. Uh, but um, Oregon just decided to put the uh, the pressure on him over the last month or so, and. Uh, they were able to kind of steal him away from from Utah's grasp, and you know they've got a lot working in their favor. When you have a Pac-12 championship and a Rose Bowl uh, to your credit that you can talk to and point to, um, you know that's kind of the trump card, and and it's it's tough to say that uh, because Utah has a lot working in their favor on the recruiting trail. They've got uh, a incredible track record with. Uh, player development and NFL draft success, and now they can point to the players that are, you know, the Julian Blackman and Jalen Johnson's getting the headlines in the NFL, and they can point to that. That's all added ammunition for Utah on the recruiting trail, but, uh, you know, kids, they they see those rings, and that's that's tough to top. That's tough to top. I, I, I do want to, and we didn't really plan to have this conversation, but, but while we're here, I think it's, it's relevant. Um, a lot, a lot of people out there. Um, Hans Olsen, for example, is one of them. A local uh, radio talent here that's quite beloved by the people. I'm sure most of our listeners are, are aware mm-hmm. of who Hans is. But he, he's kind of been. Uh, I've noticed on social media he's been pushing the envelope regarding why these high school kids out of the state are leaving the state. Um, and he seems quite adamant and, and confused, rather, as to why this is happening. Uh, seems like someone's lost their car. By the not way, not great. Not great. Yeah, when your car's over by us, guys. Your yeah, car's come over. on over here. Goodness. Anywho, uh, oh. oh, there's a pump. Oh my god. Hey, Rochelle. There's Rochelle. Um, but my point is, I I I understand why people leave the sure. states. I I get it. You know, yeah. I think it's. I mean, I I left the my country. I le- I traveled the other side of the world, and I think personally, it 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 just gives these young kids uh, a chance to experience something different and personally steve i don't fault them for that and i have a hard time understanding why people here in the state fault them for leaving the state that they've really only known right i mean these kids for the most part have grown up here yeah you know and and when you're dealing with such a it's a smaller group a smaller collection of of the type of talent uh that utah needs uh, and other programs that that recruit them at this level, uh, it's it's a small number of guys, right? And so uh, when you have three or four that lead the state that that come inside the top ten, it's it, it stands out a little bit more than say a California where three of of the the same top ten leave the state, but it's not a big deal because you've got twenty five players that are 
at that same level, at that same caliber. But at Utah, where uh, you know the, the the amount of talent of that elite talent isn't uh, at the same quantity, uh, it uh, is uh, it stands out a little bit more. But uh, you know, it's it's tough, you know, because just last year Utah signed five of the top six kids in the state, and two of them are. Two of the most talked about kids in camp in Van Fillinger and Nate Ritchie. And so you have that. You've got another kid in Sione Fotu who is going, in my opinion, is going to contribute to the team this year. Uh, Alex Harrison is an offensive lineman out of Vumont. Big Al. Big Al. Uh, you know, you've, you've got those guys in there. Uh, and there's – so Utah can clearly recruit, you know, the top guys in the state. Uh, it's just with the amount of talent here – some years you're going to have a lot of guys that, that want to come to Utah, and some years you're just not. Some guys want to get out of the state, and it's uh, it's there's literally nothing Utah can do in some of those situations because guys are just set on leaving the state, experience I, something new. I do want to add, you know, I, I am personally, you know, a tad surprised that it's been as many years as it has been since Utah's landed the number one recruit in the state, I mm-hmm. think. You know, we're going on like five or six years now. It's, it's maybe longer. I don't have the number. I think it was Jackson Barton. Okay, the so there one. you go. That would have been... Uh, 2013. 13, there you go. So it's seven years. I mean, that, that's a long time, and I am surprised by that. And by all means, I would love for the number one recruit in the state to always come to the University mm-hmm. of Utah. But we have to think about this big picture, in my opinion. Utah's the type of program that really hasn't seen a ton of success until recently. Uh, it's been... The last two years, in my opinion, where they've reached kind of levels that are quite high, mm-hmm. uh, national rankings and, and so on and so forth. Uh, and so there isn't that history there that, that maybe USC or, or even Oregon has. Oregon played uh, for a national championship, you know, back when I was, was playing, which, which wasn't that long ago. So, um, and, and it's also worth noting, like, Utah's gone to Arizona and plucked the best players in there. Oh, yeah. You know, like, like Solomon Enos was the number one receiver out of Arizona, came yeah. to Utah. TJ Green was the number one tailback or, or, or was one of the better tailbacks in the state of Arizona. He came to Utah. So even, Utah. Even Landon Clark Phillips last year. He was, I think, top four, top five in the state of California last year. That's that's a big deal in, in and of itself because that's a top 50 player yeah. in, in the country. So, you know, there's give and take. There's give and take in recruiting, um, but the important thing here is, you know, Utah is adding the amount of talent that they're bringing in, the type of talent, the quality of talent is unlike anything we've seen in the program in, in, in years. And I think that's the positive we have to focus on. But, but I, I, you know, and to go back to kind of talk about, I, I will never, ever, ever fault a player for leaving the state that they grew up in. I, I just won't because I think the experience of – Finally being able to move into a dormitory, leave your, leave your mum and dad in another state, you know, and, and just kind of pave your own path, if you will. I think yeah. that's invaluable experience that any young male or female needs to, needs to be able to, to go about and do if that's what they want to do. So um, I, I do think it's a fascinating conversation, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, did that beep come through our... I think so. Yeah. I heard it. Okay, that's uh, that's my that's my team's chat. Just with work, I should probably mute them. But uh. <laughs> and speaking of recruiting, while we're recording this, we're actually waiting for uh, another of Utah's top targets, in-state target, in-state talent, Isaac Vaha, 
to announce his commitment. That should be coming at any time while we're recording this. Who's that between? So that's uh, that's down to primarily UCLA and Utah. So he also holds uh, um, offers from Penn State, Washington, Oregon, uh, and he he holds 19 offers in total. Uh, high three-star level kid. Um, this is only his second year playing football. He grew up playing basketball. He's six foot seven, two hundred thirty pounds. Is he the Tim View? He's he's the uh, the Pleasant Grove tight end. Pleasant Grove tight yeah. end. That's the one. I've yeah. I, I've seen him this year. So he's a big athlete. Yeah. Um, just a lot of potential. That's coming down to Utah and UCLA for that one. Okay, awesome. So we will uh, we'll keep track of that. You'll that's... probably hear me like like scream like a little like yeah like you know I'm gonna <laughs> that's fine yeah you let do, it out you do you Steve uh, yeah you what know it... you know. Whatever makes you, know? you get up in the morning. So that, that at any minute now, he should be announcing. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, so we'll keep you tuned to that. All right, Jalen Dixon, I think it's worthy of a conversation. Uh, when you heard the news, Steve, what, what went through your mind? Um, you know, it, I wasn't too surprised, to be honest. Really? Um, uh, a little surprising, given the, the timing that... You know, we're the first week into camp. That that that's what really had me baffled mm-hmm. was the timing. Yeah, because it, it makes no sense. Yeah, and and you know, it, it, it the timing was was a little weird. But I think you know, since Kyle Whittingham has kind of talked about it, he made a statement where Jalen Dixon hasn't been with the team for a couple months now. Um, you know, those uh, those are things that. Uh, did Coach go into detail as to why? Not, that? not into detail, but just said that there were things that Dixon, um, he's just working through some things right now and, and needed time away and is working through some, some things and just feels like a, uh, a fresh start elsewhere with, in a new surrounding uh, will do him good, is, is what he said. So, okay. uh, you know, a lot of people are kind of assuming that he's going to follow Jason Shelley uh, his buddy, his teammate from high school at Frisco Lone Star uh, to Utah State. That wouldn't surprise me. I've also heard that you know he may elect to stay uh, in his home state of Texas and potentially play somewhere like Texas Tech or a, a program like that. So we'll see. Um, but uh, you know, it was uh, it was interesting. But I think when you dive into it and, and dive into um, what Utah has on the roster. Um, Honestly, I don't blame him for wanting to find an opportunity where he can maybe, you know, shine a little bit more. Uh, because, you know, we've we've talked about this. Utah's tight end position is is one of the best in the country. With Brent Keithy, Fotheringham, they add a, another guy in Dalton Kincaid, and uh, you know he's on NFL radars. You're going to want to utilize the tight ends a little bit more. That's going to take you know slot receivers off the field and and Britton Covey. Well, I was going to say we heard Coach Ludwig talk about Brenton Covey. I mm-hmm. think it was in his first press conference, uh, Ludwig's first press conference uh, during camp, and he he called him, and we spoke about this last last uh, last episode, I should say, the guerrilla warfare type of player where they're going to put him in the backfield, yeah. hand the football <laughs> off to great, him. Great description. They'll play him all around on the <laughs> offensive side. And that, that you know, I, I understand that, you know, if you're Jalen Dixon, you hear that, you're kind of competing for time with somebody like Brenton Covey, and you say, well, you know, they're putting all this effort into utilizing him. Why why can't they utilize me in the right. same way? So I do understand, but but at the same time, you know, it's just that the, the, the timing the is, is weird. It's so strange because, yeah, like you said, you're a week in a camp where now 
we're now counting down the days until Utah starts games and mm-hmm. uh, the Mountain West is about to begin as well. Other programs have already started. And so to be able to transfer, pick up a playbook and really solidify yourself as, as a go-to target for whatever program you're in, that's, that's incredibly difficult to do in, in that short period of, of time. So yeah. that's kind of where I was at when, when I heard the news. I go, okay, maybe, you know, maybe I'm not as surprised as others are. But but from a timing aspect, it, it that makes you know why wouldn't you do that a month ago? Especially with some of the things that are coming. Obviously, the blanket waiver. You're not going to lose this year of eligibility. Um, and now the NCA has proposed a one-off, a one-time transfer without any sort of penalty, where you can transfer and to somewhere. Is and that it, just for this year? Just for just for 2021. Okay, I, so, I wish it was full time. Sh- that would be wild. That would be wild. But, like, it, I just think that's needed. And I have reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do we want to go there? I don't know if we want to go there on this episode. <laughs> I would love to hear your thoughts on it, though, because I, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I think players need more... There's, more f- one, there's one reason, Steve. I'm going to go there. Okay, we'll I'm go just going to go there. Because it's... it's it is live, and I've got to... Sorry. No, uh, you're fine. You can listen go. to... But he's going to put up the block you, or you know, and he'll tell mm-hmm. you where we mm-hmm. go. Anyway, um, you you keep your, your your eyes peeled for where Vaha's headed. But but the reason I think the NCAA ought to you, be able to grant, if you will, student athletes or players the ability to to transfer one time without any sort of penalty, you know, sitting out or what what have you, is is really simple. To be fair, uh, it's it's the, the fact that when when these kids are recruited. Coaches lie to them. Oh, all the time. All the time. All the time. And it's part of the deal. Yeah. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. Yep. And, and you know, I, I'm not going to name names or anything because that's not for me to do, but I've spoken to multiple players that have said, oh, yeah, when I was getting recruited by this team or that team or Utah or whatever it is, they promised me playing time mm-hmm. or they promised me this. Mm-hmm. And they never delivered on that. And mm-hmm. I think that's wrong, personally. And... Mm-hmm. If if you as a as a prospect uh, being uh, and you got to think about it too, we're talking about sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year old kids. As a fire engine decides to join the podcast, just bear this with is us. The joys of of live live podcasting here. Yeah, if you guys didn't think we were actually down here, you thought wrong. We are down here. Yes, uh, but you know, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year old kids being told that they're going to be guaranteed playing time from grown men that have been doing this, that are respected, that hold credibility, you know, you're probably going to believe them, you know, regardless of if other players that have come before you have told you that you ought to be careful because programs are going to lie. I, I don't care. You, you you have a tendency to believe people at that age. And I hope oh, that sure. you, you try to believe as many people as you can, no matter your age, but especially at that age, it's you kind of believe everything anybody yeah. says, right? And so I think that's wrong. And, um, and, and unfortunately, it's kind of just the nature of college football and mm-hmm. where we're at. And, and it's been going on now for a long time. And, uh, and I think players ought to, ought to have the right to say, you know what? You guys promised me this and you're not delivering or I'm not having as much fun as I thought I was going to have here. I'm going to transfer. And you should be able to allow that. Grant that for, for, for just a one time. That's my two cents on it. One time in a player's career yeah. is what you're saying. Okay. I, I can get with that. Yeah. I, I can get with that. So 
the NCAA is, is set to approve this one-time thing just in general for 2021 where players can can transfer wherever they would like. I like that. Uh, and, and it not hurt them. They're not forced to sit out a year. They won't lose a year of eligibility. They'll be granted immediate eligibility. And so all of these things, coming back to Jalen Dixon and why I brought it up, is like you have these things. Why not play this year where it doesn't count and then you can transfer somewhere um, somewhere else, yeah, you know, and, and be able to play right away. Uh, so it's all interesting, right? When you look at it, uh, he has his reasons for not wanting to play this this year, and 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 that's that's fine. Um, he won't be part of the program, and that's fine. Like uh, Coach Winningham wishes him success. And look, it, it stings. It, it does. Like, you lose a, a player like that, it hurts. He's a he's a he's a versatile player that. They can offer a ton, and uh, he's fast, and he's pretty good with his hands, and he finds a way to get open a lot of the time. And so not having him is, is certainly – I'm sure Coach Witt would, would have loved to have had him in right. 2020. But the nature of the beast, I guess if you're going to lose a wide receiver, 2020 is, 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 is a good time for Utah because of how deep they are there. Yeah. You know, this would have stung a lot worse in, in previous years. Where yeah. Utah didn't have the depth they have it at receiver, so and 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 yeah, the depth it makes this doable. It makes it you know you can stomach this a little bit easier with the type of depth that they have at receiver and at tight end, and then also running back. Like they've got guys like Makai Bernard and, and Ty Jordan that are going to uh, demand reps in the passing game and are going to be featured in the running game in similar role to you know what Jalen Dixon was. So uh, Utah will be just fine. Uh, they may not have the uh, the the speed, the vertical threat that Jalen Dixon does in terms of just his sheer speed, but they'll be able to stretch the field just fine with some of the dudes that they have in the program. One man's loss is is another man's gain. They've said for some time now, and I'm looking at somebody like Solomon Enos, and I understand they're not they're, they're obviously different players, and they they have different strengths and weaknesses. And Solomon has more of a a, a build to him. He's a he's a larger Receiver who can play on the outside, but I think I think Solomon Inez could play in the slot as well. I think he's fast enough, creative enough uh, to to be able to utilize the slot receiver position, and and he's a guy that that quite frankly I've been looking at uh, for many years now, uh, waiting for him to kind of have that breakout game or breakout year, and and so maybe the loss of of Jalen Dixon allows uh, allows Solomon Inez to thrive, uh, but only time will tell. Steve, is there any update on Vaha? What's happening there? Man, I don't know. He, he didn't He didn't do like the flashing you hands. Oh, it's like, over? Yeah, he he ended his live thing, and I, I think I was... Oh, no, Steve. I'm like, and then Twitter, is Twitter working for you? Yeah, well, who do you need me to look up quickly? Isaac Vaha. V-A-H-A. Oh, man. This is... This is the stressful... You're. This is a moment in my life following recruiting. This is crazy. Uh, he hasn't updated anything yet. Okay. Um, well, we'll 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 wait. We'll wait. Is there anybody else that would have the news? Was there anybody there, Steve? This oh, is bad. Shit, this is bad Tim. podcasting is, yeah, because by the horrible. time people listen to this, they're already gonna. I know this is know oh, the news, man. and we're butchering it. This and is we can, awful. We could obviously delete this section, but we're not going to because no, we're it's, lazy. It's and, it's fine. You know, we'll 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 get to it when it when it happens. But um. You know, with um, with Jalen Dixon, and Utah will be fine. They've got a number of receivers, and 
and there's plenty of production returning in the room. And then you add a, a Britton Covey, who it sounds like he's looking fantastic and maybe even better than, than pre-injury. Well, Britain can Covey. I tell you, I spoke to Britton uh, yes, on the please. record via an Instagram Live uh, quite a few months ago now. And he, he assured me and everybody that was tuned in that his knee feels better now than it ever has done. <laughs> which is really, really crazy to think you about. love to hear that. That injury was, was no joke. Obviously, the ACL is a big injury, but then there were complications after the, the, the original surgery. He had to go back and have, have his knee cleaned up a bit. Yeah. There was some swelling. And, uh, and so he went through a lot. Um, and to, see, to hear from him that his knee feels really, really good uh, and he's even said that he's actually faster now than he once was, which is, which is really that's, cool. That's pretty cool. But he's the type of receiver that you know relies heavily on the cuts and and the change of direction, mm-hmm. and and that's where the knee's going to be really tested. I think straight, straight down the arrow kind of run and vertical running. I, I think it's no problem. But but he relies heavily on those intermediate. Small around change routes, you know, shifting, yep. in and out, yep. five yard cuts, kind of, you know, move the chains. He's the go to target on on third and medium, and um, and, that, and so that's kind of what I'm going to be looking for when when Utah does take the field against Arizona on uh, on the seventh of November. That's that's somebody who I will be looking for. I'm still looking for Isaac Vaha, and I nobody's tweeted anything. You know, if you search his name or anything, so Twitter's broken. What's going on, man? What is happening? Uh, I guess I guess we'll just move on with yeah, the conversation. That's fine. That's fine. Um, but if it comes up, in, intrude, uh, and if I see something, I'll I'll bring it up too. Um, Coach Whittingham, this is interesting. Some people may have missed this, but Coach Whittingham takes the second largest pay cut among uh, FBS head coaches due to, of course, the pandemic. There was a there was an article. Or a story that came out uh, via the USA Today, um, and and Coach Witt took a significant pay cut. It, it seems the num the exact number reads three hundred sixty five thousand eight hundred twenty two dollars. That's a chunk of change. Um, I wish I w- took a pay cut of that amount. Uh, he was he was only behind. He was only behind, and this is. Quite remarkable. Uh, Dabo Sweeney from Clemson, who took over a million dollars in pay. Well, he's got a fat contract, like a 10-year, $90 million deal. Yeah, He'll yeah, probably yeah, yeah, get yeah. that on the back end, knowing Dabo. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, he, yeah, <laughs> Dabo's... Me yeah. and Dabo go way back. He's an interesting cat, isn't he, Dabo? <laughs> wow. Uh, B-Y-O-G! But I, I just thought that was interesting. You know, Coach Witt... Uh, sacrificing i guess yeah well you know i it comes back to kind of the the issue uh, of this whole pandemic and and um the the cost cutting that utah has had to to undergo they've had to furlough guys like our guy paul kirk uh recently <laughs> went, uh, served his furlough time why are you laughing <laughs> i don't know why i'm bringing it up but just to make a point you know, all of these guys, everybody in in the department has had to be furloughed. They've had to take time away. And could you do Paul's job? No, no. <laughs> why, man? No, I could not. Oh. Paul is Paul is a fantastic human being, um, and uh, just really, really good at what his job. He's come he's the here SID. To he's the SID. Uh, he came from uh, served the, Colorado State. Yeah, Colorado State uh, was with the Denver Broncos for some time. Yep, uh, and. 
He even uh, spent time... Oh, he grew up in Seattle. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he worked for a team up... He might have interned with the Seahawks. Anyway, I guess it's relevant. Yeah. So, Paul Kirk... Oh, here we go. I think this is it. Maybe. No? Uh, okay. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Paul Kirk, valuable piece. He's sur- he's doing his, his furlough. A lot of people have had to do their furlough time at Utah. And, and again, it just comes back to... Um, I think that speaks a lot to the leadership at the University of Utah to make these difficult decisions to furlough uh, everybody in the department uh, or or, uh, force people. I don't want to say force people, but talk about taking pay cuts of this magnitude. Uh, It speaks to um, just the buy-in at Utah, the leadership at Utah, and the willingness to do whatever it takes to make Utah athletics succeed. It really is remarkable to see the collective... um, uh, effort from everybody up there right. to to do what they can to contribute to their their efforts and and you know in making it through this. Yeah, I mean to to put some context around uh, the news of Carl Whittingham taking a three hundred and sixty five. There we go. It's Utah, baby. Vahas Isaac Vahas. It's Utah. There Let's you go. go. Well, I would be baffled. I would be baffled if he had a chosen Chip Kelly oh, over Carl yeah. Whittingham. Would have been crazy. No, no disrespect to Chip Kelly, but you know he doesn't have. Um, he's not the same Chip Kelly. No, for he's being not. honest, no, it's he's not, not the same as as it was at Oregon. Yeah, uh, it's not. He, uh, you know, good coach, but he's. I, I don't I, know if he's a great coach. To be fair, <laughs> was a good coach. Yeah. Was a great coach at one point, but he's uh, he's definitely. Uh, you know, has uh, not performed up to uh, up to expectations yeah. down there. So. He's a yeah, he's a good cheater. Anyway, we don't need to. Uh... <laughs> hey, uh, I wanted to say, Carl Whittingham. So Stanford head coach David Shaw did not take a pay cut. Uh, USC's Clay Helton did not take a pay cut. Chip Kelly, as we were talking about, did not take a pay cut from UCLA. So there are a number of teams uh, in the conference. Their head coaches did not take a pay cut, and Carl Whittingham obviously did. Um, and so, uh, and so, I, look, good for Coach. Good for Coach mm-hmm. Witt for going about his business in the right way and saying, look, I understand where we have a bit of a dilemma financially on our hands as an athletic department. I'm willing to go and uh, fork up some some money that I was going to be that I was going to make uh, to hopefully put the, the 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 department and the football program in in a better place moving forward. So, um, so good for Coach Witt. That's I guess the story there. But you know, it's quite. A significant bit of money. All right, I do want to talk Vaha, Steve, as you uh, multitask. Are you tweeting at the minute? I am. Okay. Yeah, let's talk. I I just wanted to. uh, I just wanted to kind of pick your brain, if you will, when you get done. No, let's go. Tweet. Uh, Give me kind of some backstory. You said he he's only played football for two years. Now I I saw this man play uh, for uh, for his what high school? Pleasant Grove. Pleasant Grove. Thank you. Uh, And he stood out. I saw him against Sky Ridge, mm-hmm. who's, uh, who's, a, who's a very talented team. They end up losing Pleasant Grove. But, I mean, he stood out amongst really anybody on Pleasant Grove's team and uh, was very, very impressive. So, uh, nonetheless, I... Uh, oh, pardon me. We... Oh, okay. Sorry, we're being intrude, intruded. Uh, nonetheless, uh, we must move on. We must move on. Yeah, so Isaac Vaha, he's a tremendous talent. Uh, again, he grew up playing basketball. Um, that was his sport, was basketball. He's 6'7", 230, so it makes sense. He's a bigger guy, right? Uh, typically, those people that are that size uh, tend to find a lot of success on the basketball court. But he's uh, he 
shifted his focus to football uh, his junior season in high school. Uh, Utah was the first program to extend an offer to Isaac Vaha, and uh, and that was something that I, I talked to him actually uh, today, actually, and and, and uh, just kind of talked about what went into his decision. And uh, he talked about you know Utah willing to pull the trigger on an offer first. That always stuck with him. Um, and you know credit to Coach Pua and and Lewis Powell and Andy Ludwig and Fred Whittingham. The entire group, the entire staff at Utah uh, contributed to uh, this recruitment and made Vaha feel wanted, uh, which uh, was incredibly important to him. He's excited to come to Utah because he sees Utah's offense transitioning to more of uh, of the tight end friendly type offense. And he's excited to be a part of that and excited to be, um, you know, developed under, you know, these coaches at Utah. So, there's a lot to like about what Vaha brings to the table. This is a big pickup for Utah for sure. Yeah, no, he is. Uh, he's just a specimen. Isn't he, he is. I mean, uh, yeah. Pleasant Grove. They they have a few players. They have uh, that wide receiver uh, out of Oregon, uh, and they have a, a sophomore quarterback out of Oregon as well that came to uh, to the state of Utah just this year to play football. Uh, in fact, that 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 Pleasant Grove wide receiver I mentioned, he's a four star. Darius kid. Clemens. Yeah, he's. He's a good-looking prospect. Who uh, is he? How old is he? Is he a sophomore? He's a junior, okay. so he'll be a senior next year. He's uh, according at you know according to twenty four seven Sports, we have him ranked as a four star prospect. He's actually a transplant from Oregon, yes. so he he came here uh, to Pleasant Grove. Um, would uh, he's done some impressive things on the field this year? Would love to see him utilize a little bit more. Him and Vaha, to be honest, but. Uh, but yeah, did that got noise some just talent. come through? I think so. Yeah, I heard it. <laughs> this uh, this <laughs> podcast has been interesting, Steve. <laughs> it's been fun. Oh, so goodness. there's there's some talent down there, and now you've got Isaac Vaha committed to Utah. That can you know you never know what that can do, what kind of influence that can have on those around him. Yeah, well, congratulations, I guess first and foremost to uh, for sure to Isaac Vaha for making the decision. It's always uh, it's always it must be so. So relieving once you finally publicize kind of what your intentions are yep. uh, when you've got so many people curious as to what the decision you, you're about to make is going to be. So uh, he can breathe a, a great sigh of relief, I'm sure, and enjoy the rest of the day. Oh, yeah. Knowing that um, the guys up on the hill are shouting and screaming Isaac Maha's name. So yeah. Good for him. Uh, we were going to talk about the quarterback battle. I think we need to. Now, I, I have an issue, Steve, with Utah. Athletics at the minute, and oh, here and it's, we go. Let's. I'm uh, ready for it. I think you you also have the same issue. Uh, last year, they decided that they were going to close cap to the media. Oh yeah, and uh, and you know where I'm going with. It. I'm sure many fans probably have an understanding as to where I'm going with all of this. And and that was fine if you wanted to close camp. You wanted to kind of make sure that. Uh, certain plays or players, you know, aren't getting put in the limelight that maybe you didn't want them to, you know. But they were pretty good about sending video to mm-hmm. the media, and then the media was able to publicize the video on their own separate little platforms. And I think Utah Athletics probably put that on theirs as well. And I thought that was cool. You know, it's like, okay, if we're not able to be there, at least kind of send us some of the highlight reel, mm-hmm. you know, clips from. But this year they they haven't done that. They've done none of it. They, they, they haven't done any of that, and, and I've got an issue, because I, I'm starting to question uh, like, like their intent behind why they would choose not to... Like, what, 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 what's the reasoning? I just don't, I don't understand. I don't either. We're getting video clips of 
quarterbacks taking a snap under center, and like that's the the extent of the video clip. Like, there's just they're sending us clips, but there's nothing to it. We can't gain nothing from it. Is that their intent? They don't want us to gain anything from these videos. Well, so so Coach Ritt and so, I mission accomplished. Coach Ritt and I, you know, we have a decent rapport with one another, and and forever I have known that that he is one that takes gamesmanship, if you will, to a, to a new level, and he's very secretive. I love that about him. He's very secretive about certain subjects, and and this year, uh, the quarterback battle is is one of those kind of subjects that's playing uh, quite. Prominently on the on the minds of Utah fans and, and Utah media, uh, because the quarterback is the most important position on any football field, and who that starting quarterback's going to be is a big is a big deal. I mean, let's not beat around the bush. It's massive. Oh yeah, it's everything, uh, and it's a, it's 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 a big battle. I mean, you're talking about Cam Rising, a former four star kid that once committed to Texas, is now you know, fighting Jake Bentley, who who's transferred from an SEC school and has 33 starts under his belt and has thrown for over 500 yards against Clemson back when they were, you know, the, the top team in the land. And, you know, this, and Drew Lisk, we can't forget about Drew Lisk, although I kind of wish they would just put Drew Lisk as the backup because there's no chance Drew Lisk is starting over the likes of Bentley or or Rising. And so, you know, like, why can't you, if you want to if, if be really secretive, why, if, if you're going to send out film, why can't you send out a highlight clip from Bentley and a highlight clip from Rising? Yeah. Send two of them out. Come on. Just show us something. Give like, us a minute. That's all we need is just a minute. I know. I'm, I'm, my, my point is the media does the university a world of good for the most part. Now, there are certain stories that come out that I'm sure Utah football would prefer them not to come out. And you know, it's just part of the back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know, but for the most part, the role of the media, you and I, is to put the, the program on a map and to advertise them and to market them and to yep. and to have people watch what they're doing and, and 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 if you control the narrative right if Utah football controls the narrative uh, by sending out the video clips that they want people to see then i have a really hard time understanding what the issue is here and we have got none of that which makes talking about the 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 quarterback battle very difficult it does yeah, it does. It's frustrating. You know, like, so, we want to talk about it. So what do we do? We what if the media just boycotted? Do you think? Do you really think Utah football would care if local media boycotted covering them? I don't know if they. I would. don't. I don't know that they would. But I, I, I would love to see it, baby. I, I mean, I, and to be fair, that's <laughs> I would love to see it. Like that's really concerning. Yeah, that's it's, like they don't. They wouldn't care. They wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. But and they don't. why? I just don't. I can't wrap my head around why they wouldn't care. Here we are, like pleading with the university, like work with us, man. Give us something. We're asking for highlight clips for for Pete's sake. It's not that. It's not that much. I know. And it's like we're not asking for money. Keep the bloody money to your own pockets. Yeah, we're not asking you to tell us who the starting quarterback is right now. We're just we just want highlight clips. We're uh, yeah. We're asking you to send the footage you want to send. Yeah. That, it's your choice. You put it together. But apparently that's that's too... And I just can't... I can't wrap my head around it. So, regarding the quarterback battle, I... From what I've heard, and, you know, and, and I'll, I, maybe I'm not allowed to say this, but you know what? I don't really care anymore because they're not working with me. I've heard... I've heard Cam Rising is better on the ground, but, but Jake Bentley can make more of the throws and he can put the ball in tighter windows and he's the quarterback that I think is going to have the job. That's, uh, yeah... Yeah, I've heard similar things. I've heard uh, Bentley's arm really, uh, really, really look good. 
this uh, this summer and over the last few weeks. Yes, uh, it's uh, it'll be interesting. I, I think Andy Ludwig, and I, I do think that a previous relationship there with Ludwig and 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 Bentley uh, Ludwig recruited Bentley out of high school. Uh, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, obviously, there's a connection there. So, uh, but you know. Give us some video clips, man. Let us talk about it. Let us speculate about it. Don't That's make... all we want to do is just speculate. We're no, not making decisions. I just want to do this in the right way, and I don't want to have to, and I know, Steve, you don't want to have to go behind the backs of the people up there on the hill and speak to people about the competition just so we can report it. I don't want to do that. I want to do it in a professional way, but if you leave me no choice, I'm going to have to go about my business. I'm just, it's my job, and I'm not here to upset anybody, but I'm here to report on Utah football, and if you're Mm. not going to let me do it, then I'm going to find a way to do it. Tom, you're you're one of us. It's beautiful. You know what? They need a job just like we need a job, and in the middle of a pandemic, dang it. We're all struggling out here, I'm not trying to lose my job, and if I can benefit... My own security, my job security, then dang well I'm going to do it, Steve. We need some clips, man. Yes. That's it. That's all we're asking. It's not I think I've that said that like five hard. times. And if bloody Paul Kirk wasn't furloughed, we'd have somebody to reach out to, but right now we don't. We don't. Because he's it's furloughed. Because of this pandemic. Wear your mask. God. Furloughed, man. <laughs> Holy so, cow. Uh, so anyways, so back to this quarterback competition. Who, you know... What do we uh, what do we think is going to happen? So I think Whittingham even talked about this. Like they're going to narrow things down. Do you yes. think they'll have a decision made this yes. Saturday? You yes. think so? I do. I think anytime Coach Witt hints that there could be a decision made, there's after a decision. This, after <laughs> there's a decision made. Yeah, good point. You know? Yeah. So <laughs> there's going to be a decision made, uh, and I'm going to find out who it is. That's interesting that you bring that up because. Ever since Jalen Dixon, the transfer news came out, I I just I remember it was it was the Pac-12 media availability where we were able to talk with all the coaches. I think it was like last Wednesday or something. He was Whittingham was asked about the receivers returning, and like out of the blue, like he talked about Money Parks and Connor O'Toole, and it's just like funny. You say this now, and and me thinking back to that, I'm like, hmm. <laughs> I when he hits at something, that. hmm, there's probably a reason for it. Yes, take note it as to everything sense. that it comes out comes of his together mouth. together now. Yes, he's been doing this for a while. The man <laughs> kind of gets it. <laughs> oh, so we love funny. him, but we hate him at the same time. <laughs> so funny. Oh, you goodness. said that, not me. Yeah. Wid, if, if you're listening, man, I did not, I'm not co-signing that. <laughs> he knows. He knows where I stand. Yeah. I, uh, anyway, yeah. We talk about golf a lot, Coach and I. And he I would always, love to have that kind of relationship with him, man. He, he always brags about his swing. And I just, I'm, I'm, I tell him every time, Steve, I say, Coach, you're as stiff as a pencil, dog. You are stiff. At, you have a, your swing's horrible. Is it? It's bad. Oh, man. And he thinks it's so good. And it's like, <laughs> have you looked in the mirror? I want to see it. I want to see it. I'm, next time I go, and I haven't been golfing with him for a while, I must admit, it's probably been a year, uh, but next time I go, if there is a next time, uh, I will take a video for you. 
Just, just sneak it. I I'm not going to post it on Twitter because, you know, I'm not that type of bloke. But I'll send it to you privately. Okay, and perfect. Then and then I'll... You can post. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll make it. sure to, you know... Yeah. Make sure it's clear it's just not you Just tag him. Yeah. Just don't tag me. Yeah. And, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Anyway, Steve, it's been a pleasure. Hey, Nate Wade Subaru is a blast, as it is every time we're here. We had fire trucks, homeless people, you name it. Um, it was an adventure. We had we had Isaac Vaha kind of commit to. I shouldn't say kinda. He did commit. He did commit to the university <laughs> while we were on this podcast. So uh, congratulations to him. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it. I do want to quickly bring up the deal right now that Nate Wade Subaru is offering. It's this pet food drive that they're conducting at the minute down here at Nate Wade. It's 1207 South Main Street, just a couple blocks from downtown Salt Lake City. It ends this Saturday at 6 p.m. That's Saturday, this upcoming Saturday. Uh, I should get the date for you just in case you're listening to this uh, at a later date. The date would be Saturday the 17th of October. There's another email come through. I do apologize. The first person each day who brings in either dog or cat food will receive two VI pickets to the Fear Factory. So they are trying to get as much dog and cat food as they possibly uh, as they can possibly get their hands on, as much as they can get their hands on. I do also want to note, if you're in the, in the mood to pick up a, a friend or adopt a, a pet, then, then we'd recommend you head down to West Valley City Animal Shelter. Uh, for each pet adopted, Nate Wade Subaru will be donating $100 throughout the month of October. We love you guys. We appreciate for, uh, you, you guys all tuning in. Steve, as always, it's been it's a, a pleasure. pleasure. We'll be back next week with who the starting quarterback is going to be after this big scrimmage on Saturday. You're not going to want to miss it. See you guys then. 